every level of revelation of Hashem's godliness in this world is going to call out Hashem's name. And even inanimate objects, even rocks are going to call out Hashem's name when Mashiach comes. And if you think about it, if you would explain to, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu what our phone is, he would be like, oh, that's a rock. Hello there, I'm Tanya, and you're listening to Human and Holy, a podcast where we discuss the deepest parts of Torah, not just as scholars, but also as human beings. Today's episode is sponsored in honor of the Rafua Shalema of Rafael Chaim Mayer Ben Simachasha. Thank you to our sponsors for making today's episode happen. If you would like to sponsor an episode of Human and Holy or support our work in any way, visit humanandholy.com slash sponsor or email us at info at humanandholy.com. If you'd like to become a monthly supporter of the podcast on Patreon, where you can give as little as $5 a month to keep Human and Holy coming into the world each week, then visit patreon.com slash humanandholy, and I will put the link in the show notes. Today, I host Sheer Jacobson for a conversation about using technology as a tool to bring Mashiach. Shira runs multiple social media channels as well as an online platform called Shrina Academy, where you can choose from masterclasses in every field given by Jewish women who are experts at what they do. You can find out more at theshrinaacademy.com and you can find Shira on one of her social media channels on The Shira Show on Instagram. Today, we discuss what it means for each person in their own way to use technology as a force for good, and how Shira has navigated the boundaries needed in order to show up in the online world to give and receive holiness. Hear about the sources from Torah that have empowered Shira from a young age to show up in the online space, and listen for the practical application of what that might mean for each of us in our own lives. My name is Shira Jacobson. I was born and raised in Laguna Beach, California, and I live in Israel and actually moved to Israel about nine years ago. And for Hashem, I love living here. It's our home. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks so much for coming. Tell me what you do professionally, what you're into on the side. Give us some context about who you are. Okay, so... We connected through one of my channels on Instagram called The Shira Show, which is one of the different things that I do. I'm very much into digital marketing. So The Shira Show is basically a personal, but also a collective like invitation to Jewish people and not Jewish people as well to see what everyday life is like in Israel. And then, Baruch Hashem, I have another channel called Kosher Swag, which is a store that I created. I love art and 
I love digital uh, creations and things like that. So I made a line of Jewish novelty products. And one of the newest products is called Shidduch Cards, which is a fun game that you can take on a date and get to know the person in a little more of a kosher way, but also bringing a little bit of chemistry into the date while still keeping it focused on marriage and the end goal. So yeah, that's a fun product, which is going well. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I mean, I've heard of dating cards, but this is different. Like you said, it's actually tailor-made for people who are going through the shidduch process. Yeah. That's awesome. And there are different fun questions that are specifically for shidduch dates, which people laugh. <laughs> they love, and it's very fun. Awesome. All right. So tell me about your background. Like, How did you get to doing the work that you do today, getting into digital marketing, having a platform on social media, being passionate about what you do, which is sharing the light of Torah and Chassidus through the channel of technology? Okay, so it dates back to <laughs> to my childhood. So I grew up in a Chabad-oriented home, and my parents got a blessing from the Rebbe to live in Laguna Beach. And my father founded the shul there. But my father is not necessarily a rabbi. He's a businessman, so he got in touch with Chabad, and they brought out a rabbi. And my parents were like, asking the Rebbe many different times, like, should we go to a Jewish community since there's a rabbi there? And the Rebbe said that they'll be really blessed and they will be able to bring a lot of light to Laguna Beach if they decide to stay, along with the rabbi and the Rebbeton, who we love so much. And we were able to have many fun memories throughout our childhood. My parents have an open-door policy, so we always had people in our house all the time, Baruch Hashem, and many people just learning about Shabbat and kosher for the first time. And, you know, like the typical answer that when people ask, like, are you Jewish? And they say, like, no, my great-grandmother was Jewish. Mm. My parents would be like, on the maternal grandmother, (laughs) paternal grandfather. So that was the usual answer we got, that like, no, I'm not Jewish, but my great-grandmother was. So I was very much taught tolerance at like a very young age, tolerance about human beings in general, and especially Jewish people, just because a person could be full of tattoos and like have pink hair, they still have such a beautiful neshama and they can serve Hashem with a lot of joy. I loved the introduction to like internet. I was probably like a very young girl. I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I remember being 12, 13 years old and getting so excited about the internet. The idea about bridging the gaps and bringing all of the Jewish people together on a device got me so excited at such a young age. And I remember telling my rabbitim, this is the future. This is the future of Chabad. This is the future of Mashiach. Like this is the tool that's going to bring us all together. And at that age, people are like, yeah, you're just excited because it's fun. Like you don't need to really do homework. You just get to like be on your computer. And I just saw such potential at such a young age. So I really learned a lot about computers. And I would stay up really late at night, like learning Photoshop and learning all these different computer programs. And my parents were thinking that I was sleeping, but I was really learning all these different programs. And Baruch Hashem, I was able to help create the Olive Champ book at 14 years old that was like working in the middle of the night (laughs) and then I wouldn't go to school the next day as if I had a full night's sleep but I was like working and so excited about technology and like bridging technology with Kedusha and that world was so it's it still is like my life I love it so much 
I had a Facebook at like a young age and my mom like didn't even know what Facebook was, but she was like a little bit nervous about it. And she's like, just don't put pictures of yourself up. And I was like, mom, this is the future. I'm able to write Dvartoras and like people from all over the world are able to see it. And she was like, Shira, that's a little dangerous. Like, I don't know about that. And my dad was like, yeah, girl, like you've got this. Like, this is Mashiach vibes. And then my mom, she understood it more and she was definitely supportive. But having a young teenager being exposed to the internet at such a young age, she was definitely nervous. So yeah. I commend her for that because there is such a opposite side to it. But as we learn in Hasidus, as holy as something is, there's always going to be the counterpart and there's going to be that reality of the dangerous side. But Baruch Hashem, we keep focused and we know that it's very holy and we're going to be able to bring Mashiach with it. So from the age of 14, you're already on social media platforms writing different Torah. Yeah, I was very much active on social media and I was so excited by by the idea that I could connect with so many people and like share Torah. Mm, that's amazing. The Rebbe emphasized this so much that every single thing in this world could be used as a tool to bring Mashiach. And when you're young and technology is something that you take to so easily and that you could so intuitively understand, you have a unique ability to really utilize it to spread Hasidus. Yeah, for sure. And as you were saying, younger children are able to pick something up so quickly. And like as developed as we are in technology, I'm sure our children are going to be like 10 times more developed and be able to use it even more to do more holy work, which is so exciting. It's like ever evolving. Yeah, exactly. So you mentioned that everything that is as holy as something is, is as dangerous as it can be. I'm wondering how you actually stay focused on using technology as a tool to spread godliness, as opposed to getting caught up in even just wasting time or the even more negative sides of it? It's a good question. It's such a human question for all of us because at the end of the day, it can get so addicting and you feel like you're going on for one thing and like you forget what you're on there for and then a bunch of minutes later, you're <laughs> down the rabbit hole doing a bunch of errands or you're just getting entertained by like cute little rabbit videos. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so easy. It's just the easiest thing to get distracted on social media. But for me personally, I really feel that I stay focused by getting more centered, like before turning on my phone, before I go to sleep, I put my phone on airplane mode and I make sure that when I wake up in the morning, I do my morning ritual and I dive in and then I turn my phone on. Like it goes back off of airplane mode and then I start my day and I'm able to check emails, get back to people. Oh, and before I turn it back on to airplane mode, all the different things that I had in mind to do it's like on a little list that I kept and then I'm able to get back in there with focus and not let the opportunity of like swirling down the rabbit hole of like all of those distractions. Like I really try to utilize the first moments like when I turn it on to like do what I need to do. But it's natural. It's definitely like normal to get distracted. And I find that there's this screen time option that you can remind yourself about like how many minutes or hours you need on a specific app. And it's all about being radically honest with yourself and just being like, how many minutes or hours do I need on this specific app to get what I need to get done that day? And it could be like, if you're like me and you work online, it could be that you need four hours on an app. And 
that is your work and that's like a normal thing but I like to break it up into little windows so that I can like take breaks and not just sit in the same place for that many hours because it's like super not healthy for your back and for your eyes and for you know just your brain it's like definitely not super healthy so I like to break it up and do little jumping jacks even in the middle or go for a walk or do things to keep my body moving but also yeah like the distraction factor I just feel like having a list of what you need to get done is very helpful. And also, whoever's listening, you can download this app called the To-Do List app. And there's an option to like keep a little widget on your home screen, on your phone. And you can move all of your apps to the second page of your phone screen so that the first thing that you see on your home screen is your little list of things to do. And then it keeps you in check so that you keep the distractions that they That's smart because the phone is also an entertainment device. So if you're working on it and you're using it to spread Torah and Chassidus, then you want to stay focused on your goal every time you open it. Yeah, totally. I was recently speaking to some high school age girls and they were talking about whether or not the cost is too high with our phones. So many people kind of have this urge of getting rid of it or not engaging, just delete Instagram, get off of it. Because for some people, it really feels like a dangerous app or platform or device. So I'm wondering what would be your advice to other people on cultivating that ability to see it as a real tool for spreading godliness. Not to see it, because I feel like people see it, but to actually use it in that way. Yeah, it's such a good question. It's a very fair question. I think it's all about being brutally honest with yourself and being there for yourself and understanding if it is that dangerous, no matter how big of an impact you can have on other people, your mental health and your security as a healthy individual. And whether it's spiritually or mentally or physically, your mental health and your spiritual health supersedes everything else. So I guess it just is a very personal decision. Like, do you feel like you're able to take on that challenge of being on the front lines and going at the Geula war and like being online posting things that are inspirational or do you feel like it's an internal war and it's not like you're able to show up as a warrior it's like more of an internal war that's happening and it's a personal decision but it definitely fluctuates I feel like there have been so many times that I had to take a break from social media and I just hid my phone for a good amount of time and just recentered and got back to myself because it can really turn your life upside down if you don't have the tools So that happened in the beginning and my parents noticed it and they were like, you know, it's not healthy. The way that you're using your computer, you are caring so much about helping other people. And at the end of the day, it's like costing your own health. And like, I didn't even see it as that because I thought it's just so good. It's like so powerful. I'm like, I'm helping people. And it's true, you can do that. But my parents saw that and they were just like, We're seeing that you're not getting enough sleep. You're not able to show up with your A game. So then I was like, wow, like I didn't even realize that it was getting that bad. And I just went on a one week hiatus and just did not look at my phone. I like didn't do any work for that whole week. And I was just like, wow, like this was way in the beginning. I think it was like 18. And I was really able to like gather my strength and then build the Kalim to get back in there in a very centered balanced way without having it like take over me. 
I appreciate that. I think you're right that it is individual and that, I mean, some people can create a vessel for them to be able to do it in a healthy way and some people not. And if not, then this may not be your shluchas. But before we get more into like the practicals of it, I would love to take it back to the sources for a minute in Torah that encourage us to use technology as a tool to teach. Sure. There's a whole bunch. My personal favorites that keep me going every single day is the story of the Baal Shem Tov, the famous story that the Baal Shem Tov had a soul ascent one time, one of the many times, and his neshama went to the Hechel of Mashiach, like the special private section of where Mashiach was. And the Baal Shem Tov asked Mashiach, when will you arrive? When are you going to be revealed? And Mashiach said, when your teachings are spread out throughout the entire world, then Mashiach will arrive and we'll have the Geula. And I think that that's like the first and foremost for anyone who is inspired to work on social media. It's just such a revelation of that reality that in one second you can tap in and find the wisdom of the Vashemtov online. And that is so Mashiach. That's Mashiach in itself, you know? And it's everywhere. My other favorite one is you know, in Tehillim, the last chapter of Tehillim, number 150, that it says, And Chazal teach us that every level of revelation of Hashem's godliness in this world is going to call out Hashem's name. And even inanimate objects, even rocks, are going to call out Hashem's name when Mashiach comes. And if you think about it, if you would explain to, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu, what our phone is, he would be like, oh, that's a rock. <laughs> you know, like he would just be so honest and be like, that is an inanimate object. It's not a human. It's not a plant. It's not an animal. It's a rock. And the fact that you can pick up your own little personal rock and have it tell you like Tanya Shirim on human and holy, <laughs> it's such a revelation of Mashiach. Baruch Hashem. Mm. That's amazing. Just imagining all the little rocks singing to God and how that could be our phones. The earth will be filled with Hashem's knowledge and Hashem's glory as the waters cover the sea. And that's a prophecy about what's going to happen when we are experiencing the Geula. And it's happening right now. There is not a place on earth that lacks the opportunity where you can take out your cell phone and listen to a sheer or give a sheer. You know, that is a reality that we are living in right now. Nice. I love how you said that you can listen to sheer and you can give a sheer because we were talking before just about the tension between scrolling and giving and making sure you stay focused on your phone to give. But then I'm thinking like there's also so much room to receive from your phone, to receive information, to be inspired to be relaxed, whatever it is, by other people's content, shiurim, too. So if we're really focusing on it as a tool for godliness, it's not just about giving on our phones, but it's also about receiving godly things on our phone and using it to uplift us and to benefit us. Yes. It's a very holy relationship we can have with our phone. Yeah. So there's also in Beratius, we can take it back to the beginning in 49.10. And it says that, and to Hashem, there will be a great gathering of all people. And commentaries explain that this is a prophecy of Mashiach, that 
when Mashiach comes, there's going to be unity between every single human being and between all creations. And there's going to be this seamless interaction that is happening right now. I'm in Israel right now and you're in Connecticut. Connecticut. And like we are seamlessly interacting right now in front of Hashem. And Hashem is here with us. And it was prophesied about in Mauritius, you know? Mm, that's so, <laughs> so good. Cool. Yeah. Also, the idea of unifying people. Like, think of all the different WhatsApp groups you have on your phone. Just that idea, we can appreciate that we are creating so much unity between all of humanity just with this little telephone in like an intimate way. There's one last source in Yirmiyahu 31, 33. It says that one man will no longer teach his brother, nor a man will teach his colleague, for all will know Hashem. And I love this one because it hit home for me because there's right now this equality that all of us can access Hashem with the knowledge that's available to us in such an infinite way. The same type of Torah knowledge that is available to the greatest Torah scholars in the world is available to you right now. Like you don't have to do all of the different toiling that the Maharal from Prague did. Like he had to sweat over all this deep Torah that he learned and acquired for himself. And in a way, we have this luxury of just getting it for ourselves and just tapping in with literally a click. You can read the most mind-blowing Torah that would have usually been only exclusively available to really high up there, fancy schmancy tzaddikim that would have to work very hard for that Torah. So that's a beautiful part about it as well, that like all of it's available to us and there's no limit. Like we are able to connect to Hashem in a way that was not possible before. Yeah. Oof. And I love that the, we won't even have to teach each other because everyone will know God and everyone is teaching each other because we all have another piece of Torah, another perspective to share with each other. And it's so true that we have that access because of the internet and that ability to read, listen, watch to any type of Torah that we want to. So tell me about a profound experience that you've had of this connection or this inspiration or this ability to give an impact through one of your social media channels. You've had multiple viral videos that have gone around, have thousands of followers on your social platform. So you're reaching a lot of people, but I want to hear about the depth of the impact because that's not what we get to see from the outside. And there's so many different awesome stories, but one that came to mind now is in the beginning when I started posting on Facebook, I didn't even know, but there was a woman in Vienna that was watching. Fast forward a few years, and she messaged me on Instagram, and she said, Hi, Shira, I've been watching your content for a few years now, and I really enjoy it, and it inspired me a lot, and I actually decided to convert to Judaism. And disclaimer, we're not out here to try to convert people at all. I had no idea that she was even watching. But she said that she was on her own personal spiritual journey and the content that I was pumping out there, she took to and she was watching without even me realizing. And it helped her. I'm sure many things helped her, but that was one little part of her journey. And she said she's coming to Israel and she is going to be going to the mikvah to convert. And she would love it if I would be there with her when she would officially convert. And at first I thought it was like a scam. I didn't think it was... <laughs> I was like, okay, like, what is this? <laughs> I 
And then she reassured me. She was like, I'm not joking. Like, this is serious. I'm really serious. (laughs) Yeah. And we had a phone call because I was like, I'm not going to any mikvah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I need to make sure this is a real human being. Yeah, I get that. (laughs) You know, with AI going on now, who knows? So Baruch Hashem, she's this really sweet woman. And I was there with her. And it was such an amazing experience. Such a special moment of Hashem showing me that like it's such a great tool to connect Am Yisrael and like to pick up all the little sparks that need to be uplifted before Mashiach comes and Baruch Hashem now this sweet woman she's living in Israel and she's very chassidish and she has six children and she's so happy and we're still in touch and (laughs) Baruch Hashem wow (laughs) what a story yeah I'm thinking about how the Rebbe used to send people to the most isolated places just to give one Jew some type of connection to their Yiddishkeit. And you can do that through social media without ever having to travel to Vienna, not knowing her address, not knowing who she was, and had such an impact on her life. Yeah, it's so true. What you're saying is like, there's always this feeling inside of me that Shlichus is the most important part of my life. Like I was raised with a very strong value and love for Shlichus. And if I didn't have the opportunity to have social media and have these channels, I would definitely not be living in Israel right now. I probably would be living somewhere, you know, very far out there and doing the Rebbe's work. But Baruch Hashem, now that we're able to, exactly what you said, we're able to literally be doing Shlichus from anywhere at any time. And we're doing the Rebbe's work by a little click of a button. It's amazing. Yeah. And even though it's not just a click of the button, because there's such an effort, like that internal process, like what we were discussing before, just how it does take effort to be intentional about how you use your phone. Having the account, the Shira Show and Kosher Swag doesn't make it effortless. You're putting an effort every day to do it. You still have to show up and navigate the online world. Yeah, totally. I think the plus is there's a little bit less of like a physical labor, like the feeling of like heavy lifting. The feeling of running a Chabad house, there's a lot of heavy lifting. There's a lot of sweat that goes into it. And Hashem should bless all the shluchim. They're doing the real feet on the ground yeah. work for all of us to experience the geula. And Hashem should bless all of them. They should be matzliach and their shluchas. Also, Baruch Hashem, now there are shluchim on every point of the map. So it's not like 20 years ago when there was a real lack and there were shluchim being sent every day, like new shluchim being sent, you know, to all over the world. I feel like we're more secure in our positions. We're ready for Mashiach. So the last little bits are what we're all doing together, whether we're there in the, on the front lines in Costa Rica or <laughs> we're in some random other place using our phone to make a movie about Hashem, you know. Yeah. We're all doing a good job for Hashem. So I'm just thinking, I'm putting my thoughts into the mind of anyone who's listening, who's like, I'm not an extroverted person. I'm not good with my words. I don't see myself having a platform on social media. I'm a very private person. I'm not on shulchas. How can I use the internet and technology to make a difference on my environment in a way that feels comfortable to me and that feels safe or healthy, whatever it is that makes them feel like, no, okay, this is a nice concept and I'm glad it's working for the Shear show, but it's not applicable to me. I totally hear that. I like to think of it as tzedakah. It's not necessarily healthy to like overextend yourself to the point where you don't have what you need. So social media is very much like the tzedakah that 
all of us are able to give, but you know, it's not necessarily a good thing to go overboard. Unless, like the Valshanta says, like unless it brings you immense simcha to like go past the 10% of your miser money, like then for sure give more than 10%. But if it's a real struggle for you, 10% is more than enough. So I think each person can look at it as like tzedakah and using your phone, whether it's messaging your friend like Shabbat Shalom and like here's the Shabbat times of the week. Like that is a massive, beautiful tzedakah that a person can do on their phone. It's not small. That one message, you can literally change a person's life by keeping things close and intimate and one-on-one. And if that's your personality, Hashem gave you that personality because your sparks are found within that kind of interactions. That's where your little chilek of bringing Mashiach is. And I think it's something to celebrate because not everybody has the same type of sparks. Like each of us have our different sparks that they can uplift, not that they have to, that they can. If they want to be a part of the Geula and bringing Mashiach, there's more than enough for all of us. Yeah. Have you had any of those personal, intimate connections with anyone through your social channels? For sure. It's interesting because like so many people who just know me from Instagram, they think I'm like such an extrovert. I think that I'm an ambivert. Like I have a balance between the two worlds. I need to recharge by being alone. I spend a lot of my time in the day just being alone and recharging my batteries and like appreciating that one-on-one time with a shem or with a friend or that intimate connection. That's very sacred to me. I have a lot of different stories of people who I've grown in friendships with over social media and I really treasure that and there's definitely something that you can accomplish within like a close friendship that you can't accomplish like putting out movies or like having you know that viral stalking video there's different sparks that you can accomplish by putting out a viral stalking video and those other sparks that are super gems that are hidden within these small encounters that we think aren't so big because they don't make the tabloids and, you know, they're not filled with a lot of noise. Like, those are really where the gems are hiding. I love those little interactions. They're very special. Yeah. I love that. I love how you said using technology to uplift the world could just be messaging someone on WhatsApp or on your messenger that you don't live near. It's using it as a vehicle for connection, and it's not necessarily about doing it in a big viral way. Yeah, totally. Also, if you have a kosher phone to whoever's listening, <laughs> maybe you're listening to this on someone <laughs> else's phone. <laughs> How are you listening? No, but if you have like a kosher phone, there you can call someone. Like nothing is more special than like a phone call, especially now when it's outdated almost to like have an actual phone call and everyone likes to send voice notes. Like that's the maximum that people like to do because phone calls are not as instant. A phone call is such a beautiful way to connect with another person and to use your phone, that little rock, as a part of Mashiach. Just call in and check in and just say hi. Remind them that they're loved. Remind them that they're special. Remind them that Hashem woke them up that day and they have a beautiful neshama. You can really bring Mashiach by doing that. Yeah. It's so easy to feel like you need to have a big reach in order to make a difference. And I'm thinking about how Shluchim who moved to tiny little towns where there's only a few hundred Jews probably wrestle with that same feeling. Every single Jew is an entire world. So any active connection that we can do is so powerful. 
Yeah, totally. I like to also think of the rabbits in rabbits in Chayamashka that, oh my gosh, like <laughs> the fact that she was so private and really kept her personal life out of the limelight, but still had such a profound impact to the point where millions of people are named after her. It just shows us that you do not have to be in the limelight in order to make an epic impact. You can just go to a hospital and visit people. You can just call people on the phone and remind them that Hashem loves them. You can do that. And the Rebbetzin really shows that to us. And I feel like the Rebbetzin and the Rebbe are like this perfect powerhouse couple that really shows us how to navigate in this modern life that we're living. I always think about it like the Rebbe probably would be like the first to say how there needs to be a Chabad on the internet. Because the Rebbe was explaining how important radio was. The Rebbe was on public television. And the Rebbetzin was in her house calling someone who wasn't feeling well and having that intimate one-on-one -on -one connection. You're right that you have to lean into what your personality is and use that as a channel for godliness instead of trying to fit yourself into some mold that you see as ideal. Chazak, yeah, totally. For Hashem, we have good role models. Something just popped up in my head. Like, if there are any teenage girls listening to this, when I was 16, 17, I got really good at Photoshop. Scary good. <laughs> and at that point in my life, naturally, as, as any young teenage girl feels, like there's this social pressure about our body image. And I would really give into that pressure and I would deform my pictures of myself to like see what I would look like with different features. It was such a deep moment in my life where like, I remember how dark that felt. And I didn't tell anybody about it. I was just like so good at Photoshop that you wouldn't even know that I was changing the way that I looked. Mm. And I was 16 and I had Facebook and my profile picture was so cute. I looked so good. And nobody knew that I Photoshopped myself. <laughs> and it was just such a struggle to feel like I needed to look a certain way in order to get certain kind of attention. I look back on that time and I'm so happy that I've come so far and I've come to really appreciate all the features that Hashem has given me and just really love this body that Hashem has given me and in all of its imperfections that seem imperfect, but it's actually perfect because Hashem only creates perfect. And just this relationship that I've grown to create with my body, there's a lot of harmony now, and I'm so happy where I am inside of my body. But to any teenage girls or even young adults who are listening to this, it's just so normal and natural now, and so much more accessible now to change the way that you look without having to be an expert at Photoshop and without having to like spend hours about making this perfect picture. Like now it's unfortunately so easily accessible. Like just with a click of a button, you can change the way your face looks. So the amount of pressure is probably so much more intense than how it used to be when I was 16. But yeah, for whoever feels like they struggle with that, I would just say that you're so beautiful and it's definitely a journey but it's an internal journey and it has nothing to do with anything that's going on outside. And it's very much like inside of yourself, learning how to love yourself and love the skin that Hashem gave you 
And I bless all of us to be able to get to a point where there's a lot of self-love and self-approval and just harmony within our own bodies. Amen. Mm, yeah. Amen. Even just this topic, I think, will probably resonate the most with young people who already have such a strong relationship with their phones and with social media. And to them, it's not an option to not be online. So if you're going to be online anyways, you want to use it. You can use it in the most powerful way. So sometimes with that territory comes, as you said, you know, this struggle with filters and changing your body and feeling like you need to present in a certain way. Yeah, totally. It's kind of like there's this option of making it an alternate reality or integrating it into our real reality that Hashem is giving us in this moment right now and finding the beauty of this moment and letting it be a tool instead of become the reality. It doesn't have to be a portal to change where we are in this moment. We can let it be a little tear down, just one less, <laughs> one less step of power and let it uplift our experience of now instead of change. That was so well said. It can become an alternate reality or it could be a channel just to express right now and to express what is instead of trying to make something that is alternate, that is more ideal, that is different. Yeah. Making now even more enjoyable and even more holy and even more real and just accentuating the goodness of now, of this second right now. Like you can put really good music on right now on your phone and that can turn this beautiful moment into an even more beautiful moment. Or you can like call your grandmother and make this moment right now a really holy moment and even more enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, as technology is getting more and more sophisticated and it is becoming more of an alternate reality for so many, finding that balance and really continuing to see it as a tool for the present, for real life, for everything that's real in life, I think is a balancing act. Yeah, mamash. So <laughs> couldn't have said it better. Yeah. All right. This was so beautiful. Thank you, Shira. Thank you, Tanya. That was so fun. This was awesome. And I look forward to continuing to watch you spread light on all of your channels and just be a force of truth in the world. Elokai zakinina betoratcha uvimitzotecha mechaberet nishmati tamidinecha mechaber mechaber. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, I want to invite you to leave a rating or a review. It helps other people find the podcast. And you know, we're all about getting Hasidus into every corner of the world. I also want to invite you, if you really loved it, to share it with a friend who you think might love it too. If you would like to sponsor an episode, you can reach out to us at humanandholy at gmail.com. To give to Human and Holy in any amount, visit humanandholy.com slash sponsor. You can follow us on Instagram at humanandholy, and you can stay up to date with everything we do by signing up for our newsletter on humanandholy.com. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.